welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 80 for Saturday the 23rd of December 2017. I don't know whether you can tell it through my voice at the moment, but I'm full of cold at present, Uh, very croaky, got a sore throat. So I'll make this quite a brief diary, if you don't mind, and uh, I might have to do a little bit of editing today just to allow for coughing and things like that. But I did want to get a diary out for you, and I do apologise for the state of my voice at the moment. Hopefully it'll all be repaired and good to go uh, next week, because I really need it at the moment. Um, So, back from Spain, lovely time in Spain. No book progress this week, because um, I've got my kind of cold at the moment, and um, what I decided to do is I like to do my editing uh, fresh. I like to have lots of energy for it. So what I've done is I've bumped my editing of my sci-fi book, Deleted, um, probably for Saturday, Sunday, I'll basically come to it when I wake up full of the joys of spring, even though it's winter, and um, and I'm, I'm ready to tackle it. So I, I've, I'm not really doing anything over Christmas, so I do have all of next week to do this. Um, so deleted edits are getting bumped till next week, and what I'm trying to do is work on uh, the many... Uh, routine jobs that I've got to do. I've got another project that I'm just starting as well in the background, which has nothing to do with writing. So I'm doing all those jobs at the moment and I'm bumping the, the thing that, that kind of needs the creativity, the energy and the attention. And I'll get to that next week. So hopefully when I record next week's diary, touch wood, I, I will have actually got that um, first editing work done because it has to be ready to go to Helen Fazal, my editor, for the first week of the new year. So week beginning... Uh, 1st of January. Um, so it's got to be done by then. It will be done, but uh, I am bumping it at the moment. Um, I, I've got to say that I've got a little bit of difficulty with the book. Um, my wife finished reading it. She, she really enjoyed it, lo- lo- loves the book. Um, it sits in between The Secret Bunker and The Grid. But if you remember, I got a ready-made cover for that book, and I, I used that as my inspiration. And, and the slight difficulty I've got, it's not a difficulty because the book is fine, no problem with the book at all. But the difficulty if I've got one is that the cover and the title don't really describe what the book is anymore. Um, and I don't want to contort the story to, to make it fit the cover. So I kind of, I kind of need a new title and I'm probably going to need a new cover, uh, which is a bit frustrating because I, I love the cover and I love the title, but, but that doesn't really suit the story now. Um, so if I've got a problem with it, that's it. And I'm, I'm sitting in bed at the moment trying not to cough and wake up my wife and desperately trying to come up with, with the right title for it. I think what I'm going to have to do is is do the edits, read through it again. And I'm hoping that out of the ether, the new title will come uh, or I'll convince myself that actually the old title and the cover are fine. But I, I don't, I'm happy with the story. It's a great story. It's very exciting. My, my wife liked it. There was only one bit she said, there's a problem with it. It's just, and, and I know there's a problem with it because um, I, I was up against the clock and I just frankly wrote anything at the end. It, it needs to be a, it ends on a line from a character. And uh, I didn't get the line right when I was doing the first draft, which is fine because I'll come back and do that. I'll get it right at the edit. Uh, and, and this is, I think, a tip for you if you're new to writing. Uh, just get the words down. You know, I could have, I could have said, "Oh, lovey, the muse hasn't quite come to me yet." And writing stops for the day, 
or I could have done what I did, which is just bang something out and I'll get to it and I'll improve it in the edit. I know it's not right, but I wanted, I needed to finish the first draft. So uh, that's just a bit of a tip for you, really, if you haven't done a lot of writing, is just get some down words out and, and perfect them later. Um, and that's what I will do with those last words. My wife said, no, they, they don't work. It left me a bit confused that bit, which is fine. It's only a sentence. I'll come back to it and I'll refine it later. So uh, that's where we are with the book. Hopefully, as I say, in a week's time when I talk to you again, I'll be on it and this will all be sorted out. Um, I'm not going to bore you with the Spain stuff. I had a lovely week in Spain. Just to say that, uh, I had great inspiration for story. If you remember with the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, um, there, there are three books in, in that main story arc. And then the two characters, uh, two of the characters go off and they, they go to, or the implication is they go to live together in Spain and, and, and rebuild an old life, build a new life. And um, my idea always was that I would come back to those characters because I really like them and I would write stories for them in Spain. But I'd, I'd always thought, well, I'll, I'll park this for a year or two until the kids have moved on. And my wife and I are sort of free to, to do what I really want to do, which is to go and live in Spain for three, four months of the year during the winter, get out of the UK during the bad weather, escape Christmas and, 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 and live out um, in Spain during those months and, and write and do it on expenses. So I, I, I got the first story in that series. Uh, we were at a place, I was staying in Benidorm, but I was touring all over. And I, I, I love Benidorm. Talk about a rich source for a story. And uh, one of the things uh, I did is I, 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 I climbed up. It's a very long winding road to what's called the Benidorm Cross, which is just, just a, a huge cross which overlooks the town. And um, And I got some great ideas for a story up there. And uh, also, when I was in Benidorm, I've always had a penchant, I think that's how you say it, for uh, traditional seaside resorts. And Benidorm is like Blackpool in Spain. It's very, very, very British, loads of British pubs, lots of British culture. And it's very rich for a story, the sort of story that I like to write. Um, so I did have a lot of enthusiasm about that. I took lots of photos there. Um, again, that's probably not going to be a story I write for a year or two, or I might get to the stage where I just can't resist it and I have to, I have to get it written down. Um, but I certainly did have a very strong idea for a story. And, and this is why we need to take breaks. This is why you can't just keep writing, 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 writing. And, and Joanna uh, Penn has a good phrase for it. Does she, she says, it's um, re refilling or restoring the creative well. It's something like that, uh, the phrase that she uses. And I, I totally agree with it. And I know she uses travel for that purpose too. Um, that, that, that as you travel and as you take breaks and you schedule breaks within your writing, you'll constantly have scenes and things that will happen that will inspire your writing. So I do think it's important, it certainly is important for me, um, to come up for air, to have those experiences. And to, and to replenish the creative well, as Joanna Penn puts it. Um, it's, a, it's a very good thing to do. Um, so I can't recommend that highly to you enough as an indie author. Take the breaks. Um, you know, don't, don't skive off for six months, but do make time for yourself to replenish that creative well. Okay, voice is holding out at the moment. I can feel it struggling a little bit. Uh, let's just rattle on with this and get on with the general news. I wanted to thank uh, Carol and Chris Rivers, who have become new Patreon supporters this week. Um, I interviewed Carol and Chris for the podcast. Their podcast runs on Monday the 15th of January. What a brilliant couple they are. Um, Carol has written for Mills and Boone in the past, and she's had um, sort of these uh, wonderful family sagas uh, traditionally published. And quite late on in their life, 
uh, as a husband and wife team, they're, they're republishing a lot of Carol's old work or self-publishing them. And they're working as a team together. Chris is doing a lot of the marketing work and Chris is actually, because some of Carol's work is, is so old, it was, it was typewritten. They're having to scan it from the books and then Chris is having to convert it into electronic text. Um, but they're absolutely passionate about um, self-publishing and the interview is just amazing if you ever thought that people who work in traditional publishing are rolling in it in automatically um you know carol will tell you a completely different story and and who wouldn't want to be uh, a published mills and boone author well that's what carol was um but she's going for the indie publishing model anyhow i had great fun talking to them it was the first interview i'm sure it's the first interview i've done with two people at once it was a great laugh they're so good to interview and anyhow i just wanted to thank carol and chris for uh, becoming the latest patreon supporters of this podcast and uh, their information will appear on today's resources page for the diary but also i've got a patreon supporters page now and their uh, information will also be going on that page so thank you very much for supporting the podcast if you feel that you get a lot of value from this podcast and uh, you're happy to chip in towards the hosting costs and the time that it takes me to produce it then head for patreon look for self-publishing journeys and i'd love it if you became a patreon supporter um the 20 books london event has now closed for bookings um i know this because i i did the page for craig martell and craig dropped me a note this week and said will you close it down for me so that nobody else can now pay and it's now on a waiting list basis only now don't tell don't tell me that i didn't warn you about this i did tell you that this event was gonna was gonna sell well and I know that because Craig is so tight on the numbers, he, he's not able to leave it open over Christmas. So what we've done is, is we've closed it to bookings and you're on a waiting list now. So if you have been dithering about the 20 Books London event, you want to get on that um, waiting list really, really quickly because it'll be on a first come, first serve basis. And what Craig will do is he will just let in the number of people that he needs to fill the event. And that's it. The drawbridge will come up um so so you you can go to the page you can put all your details in there but you can't pay and formally book at the moment you, you just got to go on the waiting list um, and interestingly about that event it's very close now it seems like it's been ages away for forever and then now i've got british Airways sending me reminders about my my flights already um very nice um yesterday i think it was yeah the email came in yesterday uh michael anderley who is the sort of creator of the 20 books to 50k concept. He's, he's the man at the top of that. And he's appearing on my podcast, by the way, on New Year's Day, uh, Monday, the 1st of January. And, um, I did an interview with Michael Andelay and I, but I interviewed Craig Martell first. And, um, and as a result of that, Michael has invited me, uh, to cocktails and a meal before the 20 Books London event begins. Now, not just me exclusively. When I interviewed him, he did say that when they're in the UK, they are going to gather uh, the people that he co-writes with and people who support the the, the 20 Books of 50K uh, process. He's getting them all in a room um, as, as a kind of professional uh, publishing event. And uh, because I've obviously made a contact through the podcast, uh, fortunately, I got put on the list for that. So, um, you know, how posh is that? Cocktails and a meal. Uh, this is going to happen on the Friday before the event kicks off. So the event itself is on the Saturday and the Sunday. And I'm allowed to bring a plus one. So I couldn't think of a, you know, a better, more suitable person to, to invite into that circle, uh, than my pal, my, my podcasting pal, Tim Lewis, who presents the Begin Self Publishing 
podcast. Um, so uh, I haven't actually met Tim yet. We, we we talk all the time on social media. And uh, have I been interviewed twice by Tim? And I've interviewed Tim, but we haven't actually met in person. So I thought it was an excellent opportunity as Tim's there on the Friday. He'll be in the travel lodge as well on the Friday to come along as my guest. And then we could, and, and all the speakers are going to be there. It's going to be a brilliant networking event as well. And I'm hoping a few other pals from the podcast too who I know uh, work with Michael Anderley in different ways. So, um, you know, a couple of reasons to mention that. I have said to you that I use the podcast as a, as a networking um, opportunity, uh, among other things, of course. I do it because I'm very interested. I do it to learn myself and um, also, you know, to make contacts with other authors and to provide a service and to share, hopefully, uh, best practice and worst practice with people. Um, but doing the podcast leads to opportunities like that. So it's going to lead to attending a dinner with all of these top speakers that Michael has got into a room, as well as Michael and Craig and all of these people. So, you know, when you're thinking about how to build your author career, I, I found that a podcast, the best way to do it, it's been brilliant for networking, you know, lovely to meet so many of you and to talk to so many of you as fellow authors and to, to make connections with you. Um, but but also, um, you know, it helps you with your networking and the people that you know as well. So really looking forward to that. Um, I'll have a big report from the 20 Books London event. Uh, that's in February, the first, uh, the beginning of February. So I say we're only really about a month, five weeks out from that now. When I got back from Spain, the first thing I did, I was sort of straight back to work on the Sunday, and I, I did a take-two interview with Ron Vital. Now, Ron I spoke to a year ago. I can't believe how fast this last year's gone. Uh, Ron did a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant post, which I saw a year ago on social media, where he'd he'd summarised his year as a self-publisher. And it was one of these painfully honest uh, posts where he'd said what had worked and what hadn't worked. And the minute I read this post, I thought, oh, I've got to get Ron on and um, talk to him. And he did a brilliant podcast. And a couple of weeks ago, Ron reached out to me and said, oh, Paul, I'm, I'm doing a, a book launch and I'm, you know, using best practice and using lots of strategies. And I'd like to share that if that's okay. And of course, I bit his hand off at that because I always want to know what people are up to and, and how it's working. And I interviewed Ron on Sunday. And the interesting thing is, is that Ron used all sorts of elements of best practice. I think you'd be really surprised when you listen to the interview. Um, but the book launch, this is a spoiler alert to so put your finger in your ears if you don't like spoilers. The book launch didn't work. It just didn't work for Ron at all. And he used all these elements of best practice. So, um, and, and he's going to do a, a, a sort of, he's done a blog post on this. And he's also going to do a new blog post in the new year about his, his writing year again. So uh, Ron's post, Ron's interview, I should say, is running the week after Michael Anderley's. So it's scheduled for Monday the 8th of January. But there's a load of really interesting stuff in that interview and in, in, uh, some of it's quite painful as, as it often is when when we try to do things as indie authors and they, and they don't work uh, but some things did work some things didn't and we'll be sharing all of that in the interview but another great interview with Ron and he's so uh, good at sharing do check out his blog and his uh, and, and his writings and his posts because he really spares none of his pain in all of this but it's so informative and educational as an indie author I'm not going to go into any great detail about my bookbub earnings from now on other than to give you indications about how it's going. I think I said to you that I I, I would be on target for a £1,000 month this month. Um, the earnings have reduced quite considerably now. So I think when I recorded the diary last week, I was saying to you that they are still at about £50 a day. Well, they're not anymore. We're, we're looking at about £26 per day. They're about sometimes a bit lower, sometimes a bit higher. So the earnings 
from last week. And bearing in mind, this is with no promotion whatsoever. This is just letting, we're, we're nearly two months out from the BookBub promo now. This is, this is two months with me doing no further promo, just letting the book sit there and taking up the residuals from that initial promo on the 30th of October. So, so we're about what, seven, eight weeks out now. Uh, next week, it'll be a month since the book that's why I beg your pardon two months since the book bub so uh, last week's earnings at the time of recording this 160 pounds that's pretty well what I used to make in a month um, I am going to hit that thousand pound this month I think so um, we're going to have um, I think the total earnings are up to about five and a half thousand uh, pounds since the book bub which must be what just short of seven thousand dollars something like that I'm doing a quick conversion in my head and uh, something like that it's probably less than seven thousand dollars um, but it's still more, more even this far out that I would have been earning if it had just been me doing my usual lackluster uh, promotion and just leaving things as they are. Um, so it's still good. You know, it's been good. It's been very, very good to me. Um, and, I, and I'm very happy with those earnings. What, what this is doing is bringing um, extra money that I hadn't foreseen into the business. Um, you know, that pays for edits, covers and all sorts of things. Um, so it's fabulous. You know, you can't you can't knock that. It's, it's been great. I realized on closer inspection that I had messed up my Insta Freebie giveaway numbers. I'd said to you that I hadn't thought that my Insta Freebie giveaways I'd done for the thriller and the sci-fi. I said I didn't feel like I'd really got a lot of um, Insta Freebie subscribers from those. And I can't remember, um, you know, I, I, I'm very careless with this stuff. I, my problem is, is that I, as you'll know from this diary, I'm probably, a, I'm a very good producer. I get the work done, but some things I don't do. I don't, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, I don't email my list. I'm, I'm very poor at email marketing, even though I know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm very poor, really, at looking at the numbers. I don't I don't really care. And and by that, um, if I was making, if I was making as much money as I am, or I have been with BookBub every month, so if it was making a difference, I, I would really start to dig into that stuff. You'll be aware that I've been a lot more excited about the figures with the BookBub. But when I'm frankly not excited by things, when I sort of think, well, that's not enough. I can't live on that. This is not enough money. Then I don't really get excited. I don't really dig into it. I just say, that's not enough. Let's just keep doing the work. Let's keep working. Um, so I didn't really dig into the figures with, with MailerLite, but it, it, it turns out that I have actually done all right. And, um, I've had a couple of emails from people who took part in the giveaways. We said, oh yeah, we did well. I'm very happy. I got 400 to 500 subscribers over the course of a week. So although it's not as high as I have had, um, certainly when I've held Insta Freebie giveaways as a host before, I've had 800 new subscribers in a, in a week, uh, probably more than that. Um, here, I'm, I'll give you my numbers because I did actually drill down and work out what the numbers were. Um, Better than a kick in the teeth. You know, I always put this in context. In my first ever year of email marketing, this is a long time ago now, uh, before I knew, ever knew anything about in, in email marketing. It was before I was an author when I was doing, I, I was just learning internet marketing. Uh, it took me a year to get my first 25 subscribers, and I didn't keep all of those over the course of a year. So when you you, you put these figures in context, and there's me poo-pooing them saying they're not high enough, Um this is only because I've done internet marketing launches, you know, where I've added thousands and thousands of people in a week before. And so I've probably been a little bit spoiled with this. This is why I don't get excited about these numbers. 
because because I've I've had huge numbers of people uh, added to my lists on ClickBank launches in the past. And um, so I always look at what I do as an author in relation to that and think, oh, that's not very good. It's not enough. Um, and I'm sure that other authors would probably hear these numbers and say, what are you moaning about, Paul? You know, those are good numbers. So um, that that's just to give you some context as to why I'm always see- I always seem to, to be, um, you know, so uninspired by the numbers that I bring in. But let me tell you what the numbers were. Uh, Dead of Night brought in 93 subscribers. Don't Tell Meg brought in 246 subscribers. That's over the course of a week. So what's that? It's 250, 350 subscribers over the course of a week. And then on a sci-fi one, The Grid and uh, The Secret Bunker, The Grid brought in uh, 85 subscribers and The Secret Bunker, Bunker brought in 82 subscribers. So, you, you know, what is that? Um, quick bit of arithmetic, 350, 450. It's over 500 subscribers, isn't it, over the course of a couple of giveaways. So, you know, as you can tell, I'm not excited or inspired by that. But actually, that's not bad, is it, really? And I, I shouldn't knock it. And these are all, of course, potential readers, potential people who might buy books. So uh, I, I ought to be more appreciative of those numbers. But to me, it's not enough. It's not fast enough. It doesn't really excite me. But I know that it all goes in the pot. It all goes into the bucket. Then it all does help. And if even a fraction of those people buy books and go on to buy other books. Of course, that is valuable to me in my author career. It actually brings me on to my next um, email, my next talking point. Because uh, in t- uh, two diaries ago, I was telling you again how rubbish I am at email marketing, how I know the rules, how I know what I'm supposed to do, but I still don't do it because essentially I don't really enjoy email marketing. And Queeve McDonald, who is uh, all of the, you know, a friend of the show. I call people friends of the show because uh, often they've been guests and they constantly email me or tweet me and support the show in that way. And uh, and, and Queeve dropped me a, a lovely email. Thanks ever so much for this, Queeve. And uh, Queeve had been listening to me talking about my latest book and me saying how rubbish I am at email marketing and that I know that I should be doing it, but I don't. And Queeve was just saying that... Um, that I ought to do it and that he, he was just explaining his experiences. So let me just read through um, the email uh, because it's, it's, it, it did inspire me actually. And I think I'm going to put email marketing on my, on my targets for 2018, but in the way that, that Queeve describes. So Queeve says, I have a friend who started a list with four people and she still sent out an email every month without fail. She's now got, wait for it, a few hundred thousand. The point is, don't let the imposter syndrome that we all feel dissuade you. Uh, Podcasts are great. You're great at them. Thank you for that, Queeve. But email is still the best way to reach readers. And I I agree with that, Queeve. The podcast is a great way to, to talk to writers, but email is still the best way to reach readers. Once a month is plenty, and seeing as you're writing, as you're a writing machine, uh, you know I'm always I'm already doing fifteen to twenty thousand words of, of fiction a month. You'll always have something to talk about. My list is considerably smaller than yours, but it's eighty percent organic now. It's an automated. Uh, Queeve's got an automated onboarding sequence. So if I, 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 I know all about this stuff. This is what I say. I know all the rules. I know how to do it. I just don't do it, and. Queeve's giving away some short stories and a novella, which he's found have done wonders for him. His open rate is about 65%. Now, again, I've been doing email marketing for years and years and years. And when we were internet, internet marketing, we would get, or we, you know, a 1% open rate was quite good as an internet marketer. Let me tell you, 65% 
as an open rate is astonishing. And what that tells me is that Cueva's got people who are very engaged with him as a, as an author and as a person through that email marketing list. That's an astonishing uh, figure and congratulations on that, Cueva. So Cueva says, I, I generally try a fun email and, and he says, you could do that too. Um, he says, just be yourself. So, you know, um, that was a great email, Cueva. Thank you, you know, so much for that. Um, and it did make me, it was like, it was like a very pleasant way of, it wasn't telling me off, but it, I, I felt like it was telling me off in that, you know, I know this and Queeve was reminding me of it. You need to do this, Paul. And I, it did make me think, and he wrote the email so well that I thought, you know, you are, I know you're right. I know you're right. And I need to do this. So what I've done on my outline for quarter one of 2018, I have written monthly emails. Now, um, on my weekly planning sheet, I have a quote from um, Robin Sharma, which is, do it now, sometimes later becomes never. And um, and he has another quote too that, um, you know, write, write it down because the things that get written down get done. So, and, and I'm very much like that. If I write it down as an objective on my board, it's like a red rag to a bull to me as a, a finisher completer. Is it in, in, in the bell bin thing that we all do in the UK uh, when we're in management and so things like that? I'm a finisher completer, which means, you know, I'm only ever happy when something's done. So I did think, you know, that's perfectly reasonable thing that Queen's saying. You know, of course I can write one decent email a month. Of course I can. I've got enough going on in my in my life to do that. And... I think what I'm going to do is rather than make a pig's ear of regular e- email marketing, I think what I'm going to do based on the inspiration that Queeve's given me is I'm going to try and do a good email once a month with pictures in and, and personal news and things like that. And, and that's what my target's going to be for a month. Um, so a quality email with with all sorts of bits about writing news, what I'm working on, maybe things I've done personally. But as, as Queeve says, you know, a, a fun email that reflects your kind of personality and your writing life. Because I think I could do that. I think that's a reasonable ask. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your ongoing support of the program. And thank you for that inspiration. That worked for me. It's going to go on the targets board. And I'm going to give it a try over the next year. And you can haul me over the coals if I don't do it. Okay, I think the voice is just about hung out. I do apologise. You know, even I, when I, when you're thinking, oh, blimey, I sound awful today, I do apologise. We'll make it as short as possible so you don't have to sit through this any longer. Um, ne- next week, I was going to do it this week, but um, it's going to be a longer one, and I don't want you to have to sit through my voice for that long. Next week, I'm going to do my review of the past quarter, so quarter four of 2017. And then the week after, I'll be talking to you about my 2018 goals and my quarter one in 2018 targets. So we're very much getting into um, reviewing the past three months and then looking ahead to the next three months and indeed the year ahead. Now, I've been working on this. I know what my targets are now for 2018. And over the course of the next couple of diaries, I will talk you through that in great detail. There is going to be a change to what I'm doing this year with my writing, but I, I won't, I'm going to tease you with that right now. Um, but as you know, in the past year, I rattled out um, four books. So this year I've written three thrillers and I've written one sci-fi novel. Next year, my writing pattern is going to change. So I will let you know all about that in subsequent diaries and explain why I'm doing that. And a clue is Project Bloodhound 
If you listen to these diaries, you'll know what I'm talking about when I mention that. So that's it for this week's diary. Hopefully, through the magic of healing, I will be uh, back in, in full tune and full voice next week when I record next week's uh, diary. Uh, just a reminder that next Monday's guest, and this is going to be Christmas Day, of course, Christmas Day's guest is Patrick Sheriff. Uh, Patrick is another friend of the podcast in that we connected on Twitter. Patrick started by listening to the podcast. Uh, he and I started to chat. He he started to support the podcast by sending me lovely pictures that made me envious because he lives out in Japan. And um, and I said, when, when I do my little digging on people, I always look at authors who connect with me and think, oh, now you're an interesting person to talk to. So um, I booked Patrick in for the podcast and he's my Christmas Day guest. Patrick has a journalistic background. He's a, he's a writer. Um, so he's a written journalist rather than a, a radio TV journalist or anything like that. He's had a hugely eclectic writing career. He had massive success with the first book that he coordinated but that book has a very interesting story behind it he lives in japan and his work is very heavily influenced by his life in that country had great fun chatting it was really nice to catch up with patrick and he's going to be on episode number 95 of the self-publishing journeys podcast that's on monday the 25th of december christmas day so whatever you do over the christmas period whether you celebrate or not i hope you have a, a very happy holiday season i'll be back next saturday with my review of quarter four of 2017 i hope you have a wonderful time if you do celebrate and if you are doing some writing i hope that goes very well for you i've got some editing to do in spite of all the seasonal celebrations that will be happening in the teague household but i'll be back next saturday with another diary until then have a great week of writing. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.